Welcome back, everybody. This is the Water Cooler Boys, and uh, I am one of the hosts, Derek Richards, and my fearless partner over here, Ben Sigel. Not fearless, but yeah. I'll, uh... He's here. We have been out of this laboratory for a while now. We've been we've been struggling to try to get find times and and get back to the the mode of doing some podcasting. And uh, luckily we've luckily we both have had some business to do. Yeah, it's been kind of kind of crazy. I was gone for a little bit with the family for a couple of days to Colorado, and then uh, yeah, business has been crazy for us too. So yeah, it's been a good thing. And uh, so yeah, we're we're excited to be back in in the podcast studios in uh, PowerCat. Yeah, uh, studios. We're always thankful to be here. But today, it is an exciting day because uh, a good friend of ours and uh, what I would like to consider um, a, a leader in this community, Aaron Aiken, is in the podcast. Say hi, Aaron. How you guys doing? Make sure you make sure you get that microphone close to you. Can you hear yourself? Not really. Okay, you're probably not on. Actually, try it now. Hey guys. Hey, hey there he is. Go. Hey, he's here. My first podcast. That. I'm a rookie. <laughs> no, that was that was actually my bad. I I clicked the on on the wrong one, so that was my fault. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, but uh, so I've known Aaron uh, ever since you know I started this uh, this CrossFit journey of just trying to become fitness. Become better at fitness. trying to make the games. Yeah, <laughs> is that what yeah. is that what his goal? Yeah, Did you have a goal sheet goal. when he came in and you said, "All right, what are your goals?" And there, it's like, "I want to make the games." Oh, you're 32 yeah. years old. Okay, that's good. That's good. We can start there. <laughs> start there. <laughs> figure we try to make it when we're when we're 60, right? The 60 and older. Yes. Just outlast everybody. Well, I figure. Is it not similar to what kind of your your path in life when you were seven? What'd you say? Yeah. I want to make the big leagues. Yeah, let's play baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you say. <laughs> yeah. So for all the people that don't know, Aaron Aiken uh, is a baseball player, and that he grew up as a baseball player. And uh, so that's what I want to spend time today, Aaron, is like kind of hear about your journey and hear about where you started, um, how you got to where you are. And uh, I just think it's an interesting story. So, I mean, why don't we just start off like you're, you're a Manhattan guy, right? Yeah, I mean, born and raised here. So both my parents came here to K-State to go to school and then stayed here. Elementary so, school? Yeah, man. Uh, back when, I'm trying to even think, I was homeschooled for like two years. I went to Eugene Field. I mean, it's just not even Heck yeah. a school anymore. I grew up on Fairview, dude. Yeah. That was my backyard. We were on Anderson right across from K-State. And so, I mean, yeah, born and raised here in Manhattan. Like, I've been here so long that when people ask me, like, hey, go to this street, I don't know the streets I just know the landmarks that they're close to. <laughs> Near 43, I'm like, is that next to this? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so grew up here, middle school here, high school here. Um, started, did, that was my goal, though, was to, when I was little, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. You know, it's like Is that real? Is, or, is, or do you look back and think that? Or did you really just have, like, baseball uh, posters on your wall and that's that's what you want to oh, do. Oh yeah. Bo Jackson, George Brett, Nolan Ryan. You know, like that's just what I wanted to do. I played every sport, but baseball was the one that as I got a little older, it's like this is the one that you have a chance to be good at. Yep. I mean I was only ended up being six one and a white guy. I wasn't gonna play basketball or professional football or anything else. Um so I just wanted to play a sport or play professional and Probably about that middle school age, I decided, like, I think I can play professional baseball. 
Now is now is pitching. So you were a pitcher when you got when you got fully developed. But was that was that what you wanted to do when you were younger? Um, not really. That no, just he wanted to hit happened. dingers, man. Yeah, man Heck yeah, <laughs> chicks dig the long ball. You know, you wanted to hit and play <laughs> play center field and shortstop. And when I was younger, I pitched because I could throw strikes. When you're at that age, like the kids that pitched, like, well, he can throw strikes and give us a chance and keep this game moving. So I just always pitched when I was younger because I could. But I would have rather played shortstop, been the center fielder, you know, yeah, uh-huh. hitting in the three hole. So so how did you find out that, that pitching was more of where your focus needed to, needed to be? Um, what age were you, I guess? It really, I mean, really it was kind of that senior year of high school and then going into the first year of college that I had to focus on that more. Um, I was kind of a I was kind of a late bloomer physically. So when I was younger, I had to be I had to be a good baseball player, you know, me- mechanically and just doing all the little things right that make you a good baseball player. When I was growing up, I wasn't any bigger or faster or stronger or any more talented than any, any of the other kids. That really came later as I developed. So I had to have all those baseball skills. And when some of that strength and athletic ability kind of caught up, then I really shot up, and that's when I started to just say get good. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm also interested in, you know, obviously the landscape of sports has changed from youth sports. You're you're involved with helping youth uh, at the barn and, and uh, other coaching. Uh, <laughs> what was it like back in the – was there four traveling teams in Manhattan at the time, or was it everybody had their own trainer? What – because that's, I mean, that's what's going on today. Well, it really is. Um, but when we were growing up, there was one traveling team, I think, for our age group. And there was a group of us that... 17ers or something like that? Yeah. Or, that kind that of played. Called? And we played... This was really 12, 13, 14. When we got to high school, we all just played Legion baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we just played on the, the local Legion team. And, and we always had good coaches, but that was really about all the kids we had. We probably didn't have enough kids at our age group for another team but nowadays i mean there are enough kids for two or three or four teams at every level is that hard for parents or yeah parents to, to hear that a kid's gonna have to wait till they're a senior in high school before maybe they see a spark of this might this 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 talent to just like bloom out or i feel like people want it now and and expect it now i think it's tougher for the kids now because even the colleges are starting to recruit these kids younger and younger. That's Does that true. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we had that time to kind of just keep developing. And mm-hmm. You weren't even going to start getting looked at till your senior year anyway. You couldn't get – at that time, you yeah. couldn't get calls until your senior year. You couldn't even get a letter until I think maybe – well. Yeah, it was like at the – well, Or no, you couldn't get calls until your – was a it junior? junior? Like the, yeah. Like the fall of your junior yeah. year. But they're asking those kids now that are going into their junior year in the fall to commit right yeah. away they've already they're already done with their 2021 class of recruiting like they're done yeah. so if you're going into your senior year right now like you probably have an idea where you're going or wow. it's going to be hard to find a place yeah it, yeah it, it really is so the age group i'm coaching now 16 and you um there's a lot of coaches starting to call my kids that didn't even get a play this last sophomore year mm-hmm. um but they're going into the fall of their junior year, and they're already getting invited to camps, and they want to see those kids. And 
maybe get some verbal commitments from them, even though they can't officially sign them. So now are these are these JUCOs or are these NCAA Division One schools that are doing this or both? Right now, for for my kids, it's more the D two and JUCO schools because yeah. honestly, the big time D ones they're already down to the sophomore class. So it's like these kids were probably they're probably better and more developed than we were back then because they have to be. But gotcha. He, but here's the other part of it too, compared to when when we grew up is. I mean, you. What you saw was either uh, the Royals, the w- WGN, watching the Cubs, yeah. um, or something you saw locally here. These kids get to see as much baseball and as much mechanic stuff and as much everything as they want because of the internet, and so they actually have a higher level of knowledge than you you and I. I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player. I love yeah. baseball. I thought I was going to be a professional baseball player when I was eight years old, but yeah. was I can't do that. <laughs> But um, these kids now have seen so much more and have a better of understanding of what probably what it's going to take. Yeah. Uh, would you agree with that I, on, I, than what we knew? I do agree. I do agree. I mean, I really think that they are skill-wise probably better now. The majority yeah. of kids are better. They're getting more quality training early. We just went and played back in the day. You know, I mean, we just went and played. Yep. And if you were kind of good and had some good baseball actions – then it was just kind of considered natural for you to have that. Like, oh, he's got a good swing or gotcha. he throws well. You gotcha. know, but now we're teaching kids to do that at a pretty young age and do those things well. So back to you, your your senior year, um, you get recruited? Yeah, so I signed in the fall with Barton Community College. Great Bend. Um, in Great Bend, yeah. So it was kind of early signing. I wanted to have a school to go to and just have a chance to go play um through that high school season and then into the summer that was the first summer that i played on like a traveling team played with a good group out of topeka and we traveled around that summer and i just started throwing a little bit harder and a little bit harder and a little bit harder so my velocity was starting to pick up and i think we were we were somewhere in missouri playing a tournament and I think I started to touch 90 miles an hour, which okay. I, that high school season was maybe 84 to 87. Gotcha. So just a, a typical right-handed pitcher, nothing, nothing crazy. That anybody's going to be like, wow, he's going to really wow you. You know, six foot one kid, 160 pounds throwing 84, 85. Okay. Okay. There's a, there's a lot of those across the country. Um, but I started to touch 90 and the Missouri coach was there and they had just lost a kid to the draft that year. And he offered me after that game to, I'll give you 70% scholarship to come to Missouri right now just from being in the right place. But you were already committed to a different to a different to a, to a junior to a college. So you can Okay. You can go to as long as it's D1, you, you can, can step yeah. up. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So I signed there. Um the next weekend we're playing in Pueblo, Colorado again, but I just signed with Missouri and Texas Tech sees me and says, "Wait, hey, we'll offer you 80%. So a lot of those big schools, this was right after the June draft, started to lose some guys to the draft. So they had a little bit of scholarship money. They had some chances, and they're looking for kind of that next diamond in a rough that got missed. And I just happened to be that guy. Sounds like the timing was perfect. Your, perfect. your arm's coming into play. Your speed's yeah. picking yeah. up, and yeah. there's availability. I was just still getting stronger. I mean, I was – so I didn't turn 18 – Till June 13th, you know, after my senior year. So I was a younger guy anyway, so just kind of a late bloomer physically, um, which turned out being held by or being kind of ahead in high school helped me out down the road when I wanted to play some pro ball because now I was a younger guy 
in the Pro Bowl, that's what they want, right? So, Did would, you have that mentality that I'm going to play in the majors? Yeah, but I think every Does that, kid has Do you to say that because everybody that. has that? or I think – I think most of the guys that are competitive enough and really love it and have enough talent, yeah, think that they can. Like, you have to. Baseball is a game where you you have to believe you can do it every time, whether you're 0 for the last 20 or, yep. like, you have to go up there with the, that confidence gotcha. like that you're better than you are. Mm-hmm. I didn't meet one guy in college or professional baseball that didn't think they were good enough to be there ever yeah you know they all were like yeah i'm better than you yeah sure so now you've got a bunch of people thinking they're better than each other competing against each other Uh uh-huh yeah it's just a high level a high level competition Um, it's like the only sport that you can do something like 25 percent of the time and be really good at it yeah that's right that is true you don't have to be good all the time no sometimes (laughs) i think that's what's the most frustrating thing about that sport is to be able to have a short memory and to to mess up and and then you know i i guess every every sport has its own element of that but especially for batting at baseball it's it if you can get 30 percent of the time you're stuck Yeah, it's a, it really is a tough mental sport, like it is. I feel like half of the coaching that I do with the young kids is just the mental side and the, the mindset of what they're doing, you know. So you were at A&M. No, so I was at Missouri. Oh, but so, A&M gave you an offer. No, Texas Tech. 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 Texas Tech. Sorry. But like Tech. three days after I'd signed with Missouri. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. And so it, it was, I was going to go somewhere decent because of that summer, playing with that group and, and just playing better. So, But I go to Missouri, who was – the year before, last in the Big Eight, like they were last in the Big Eight that year. Big Eight people, and, all right. Remember, yeah, this rem- the remember eight. Big yeah, Eight. This was the Big Eight. <laughs> um, so this was the last year of the Big Eight. You know, in '96, um, and so go in as a freshman and actually get the start and go eight and two. I was a freshman wow. All American, mainly because so you were a starting pitcher, a starting pitcher. Okay, there. and they let me kind of mess around hitting, and I was kind of a backup first baseman, left fielder. So I got to practice and do that stuff but it was kind of the writing was on the wall it's like if you want to play you're you're gonna pitch uh-huh. so um so yeah so we go from last in the big eight to first we win the regular season whoa worst the first in one year seriously yeah wow worst to first and I ended up being a, a freshman all-american eight and two um holy smokes it dude. was just kind of a big turnaround but there were two or three other good freshmen that they brought in and who was your coach? Uh, Tim Jamison was his or your manager. Sorry, yeah, Tim Jamison <laughs> in college. I think he's still a coach. Isn't is it, it coach? Yeah, it's coach. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. I think it's not to manager until like, <laughs> I call the ump referee sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that, you don't do that. Mm. that that's, <laughs> <laughs> blue is acceptable. Rookie. Yeah, that's fine. So you guys are having success. Uh, college World Series then? Uh, we went to a regional okay. that year. Um, it was at Wichita State, and there were a lot of good baseball players and teams there, and we didn't make it out of the regional. Gotcha. But there were probably – at that regional, there were, I think, eight guys that ended up playing in the big leagues, not just professionally. Mark Kotze was at Cal State Fullerton. Um, Rice was there with Lance Berkman, Jose Cruz Jr., Matt Anderson. Wichita State had Casey Blake and Braden Looper. There was, there was like eight big leaguers – Guys that there was probably thirty guys that played pro ball, but eight guys that played in the big leagues. Yeah, in in one little six team tournament. So okay, all yeah, right, it was, it was fun. We didn't make it out of there um, my freshman year, and then my sophomore year, 
I was at Missouri just at the fall and then transferred to Cowley County Community College. Okay. So I was only at Missouri for three semesters, a year and a half, mainly because I just didn't do what I needed to do in the classroom. Like I was there to play baseball. Mm -hmm. So my grades were getting to the point where I was like, I'm going to struggle to stay eligible. This might be the best idea for me to go to a junior college where now I'm eligible to get drafted. Because if you go to a Division One school, you got to be there three years before mm-hmm. you can get drafted. But if I went back to a junior college, I could I could get drafted that next year. So transfer. Were you uh, getting looks or something? Were 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 somebody yeah, I mean, was somebody giving you advice there's, or? Well, there's talk. I mean, there's always talk, but you don't know for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, if you keep going on the path you're going, you got a good chance. I was throwing. I threw a little bit harder that freshman year. I mean, velocity started to tick up. So, what what was the biggest reason for that? What, were were you really big in the weight room? Did um, the weight room I, help or no? I, it helped? But I think just the physical maturity a okay. little bit. I mean, I did gain weight. Like, weight helps for sure. You know what I mean? Like that nowadays they're trying to draft pitchers that are just big, strong guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it it really does help. Um, you just don't see as many of your Pedro Martinez type body types. Five ten, one hundred and seventy pounds. Like most of those guys now are six two to six six and mm-hmm. two hundred to two hundred and sixty pounds and just big strong guys. Just easier to Joe Joe Kelly velocity. doesn't look that big, but he has he's, he's kinda... not that but there are some guys out there that just have huge arms that with with different body types, but the the majority of those guys are just gonna be big strong guys yeah. for sure. So that weight helped and just that strength helped and that late development did help a little yeah. bit. Um, but I had some arm speed, and so you just kind of start putting some of those things together for sure. So you so you transferred and then? Transferred to Cowley County, which is one of the better junior colleges in the Midwest and has been. But So we go to the Junior College World Series and win the Junior College World Series. That hey, hey. Yeah. You got a ring? Got a ring. Nice. I do. I do. <laughs> did Barton give you crap? Hey, listen, you signed They were the- not happy. <laughs> <laughs> that I went to back to Cali instead of going back to Barton. They they were not happy. The, the coach actually said something to you or what? Well, they just weren't happy. Did, was, it, was, it, was it was it benches clearing? No, not really. Okay. But we but we did play him that year, and it, he wouldn't he, he wouldn't speak to me at all. Yeah, that's, really? tough. that's yeah. the game. I'm yeah. Sure, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. But Cali at that point in time, the reason I chose there is I had an aunt and uncle that lived down in Arc City, Kansas. So I had a little bit of family there, and. They just had a really good team. I mean, Travis Hafner was on that team. Junior Spivey was on that team the year before. So two other guys that played in the big leagues. Wow. Um, Travis Hughes was on that team. Another guy that played in the big leagues as a pitcher. I mean, like they were they were loaded for a junior college. So I was like, let's go here and give yourself a chance to. I'm sure that's helpful as well too to to be around people that can play at that level. You get to see where you need to be. Oh yeah, yeah. Like. It's it's almost like anything a sport. Like if you want to be good, and even in the weight room, if hey you want to be stronger, well, maybe. lift with somebody stronger than you. Maybe right? If you want to be yeah. better, play with people that are better than you. Do yep. something, you know, surround yourself with people that are better at you at what they're doing. I've given that advice to people in business. If you want to make more money, be around people that have had success with being able to create wealth. You yeah. know, so yeah, yeah absolutely. No, nope, I agree. So. Quit taking advice from someone that maybe doesn't is not where you want to be, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So sophomore, junior year. So after sophomore year at Cali, I'm, I'm throwing a little bit harder. Oh, what, what are we at? Cali, we're at so 93, now 94 now or what? Consistently 92 to 94, topping out at 96. So now about halfway through that year, there's a lot of talk like, 
going to go pretty high in the draft. And they always stay in the top five rounds, top three rounds maybe. I mean, that was kind of just the talk. Um, you just never really know. But some of that stuff does start to get in your head. Like, well, I'm, I'm good now. I'm going to play professional baseball. So <laughs> we, win the, we win the title, which was so much fun. I mean, it was just come back to a great big parade in Arc City. The whole town's there. You know, first junior college championship for them. Wow. Um, That's great. Unbelievable. And the draft's only like the next week. So come back home to Manhattan and start getting phone calls from a lot of teams saying, hey, if if we take you in the first round, would you sign for this amount of money? Would you do this? Would you do that? Because that was back when guys would either say, well, I'm not signing if I don't get this much. And then they wouldn't get drafted in the first round and they drop and didn't negotiate. So I got calls from, I think, seven or eight teams, White Sox, Red Sox, Marlins, Twins. Do you have an agent at this Yankees, point? Yankees, Indians. Not, I didn't yet, but I'd started talking to some. Okay. Um, so the day of the draft, like all these teams are calling saying, like, hey, if you're still here with this pick, we're going to take you. If you're still here with this pick, we might take you. Well, the Marlins scout, they have the 12th pick, drives to my house and sits there. Wow. The local guys, so his name was David Chad, still remember him. Uh, when you he, say drove to your house, are you talking about here like in Manhattan? Here in Manhattan, okay. yeah. Came to Manhattan. and Because you also said they call you. This was before cell phones, right? Did you have a cell phone? No. The, yeah, yeah, so they're land, calling you land on, your, on landline. Your landline they leave the you a message on the machine, yeah. and then you call them back. <laughs> it's yeah. not like it is now. Yeah. Uh, funny story about that. We're coming back from the Junior College World Series. The the Texas scout, they had drafted Travis Hafner, a guy on our team, before. And, you know, they can draft and follow so they can still sign you up until the next year's draft. But if he gets drafted by somebody else, he rode back on the bus with us from Colorado to Arc City, Kansas, negotiating with Travis and his parents to try to get him signed before the draft so that they could keep his rights. And rode all the 16 hours back. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a long close. Negotiating. So, <laughs> yeah. ABC, you man. You had ABC. to do that because there wasn't cell phones. You couldn't do it over the computer. Or right. Cell phones near as easy as today. So, yeah. So, he drives to your house and sits outside sits, your house. Are you having a draft house. party? Kind of, but it does have a little bit of family there. Yeah. You know, like, I'm naive and young and stuff like, oh, this is kind of surreal to me, really, yeah, to tell right. you the truth. And, the twins call and they have the ninth pick and they're like, we're either going to take you or this other guy. They end up taking the other guy and David Chad's like, we got the 12th pick. I'm pretty sure we're taking you. And right after the 11th pick, the phone rings and he's on the phone with his guys back and forth. And they kind of announce, Hey, we're going to take you with the next pick. And then it kind of goes across the ticker of wherever they're That's at. We're kind sweet. of watching the draft. And, <laughs> First yeah, round, like, 12th pick, super surreal. Aaron Aiken to super surreal. To Florida the Marlins. Florida Marlins. Yeah, in 1997. So that was fun, man. Like Congratulations. a lot of fun. That's yeah. neat. It's a long time ago, you think about it, 97. You're like, man, that's last century. Well, I was thinking about it. <laughs> We're getting up there. Coming over here. We has are. There, is there any other Manhattan baseball players that have gone first round? Can you think of any? I don't think in the first round. There have been a lot of good baseball players come out of here. But sure. That first round is kind of a – it's just – it is a unique kind of cool thing. Like, hmm There's only – 30 of those guys every year. That's right. In, in the in the world, right? So I can I can at least uh, have that claim to fame. But what's funny is most of those first rounders make it all the way to the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the ones that this did. This is the so. apex of our <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now. now so what happens? So you get signed. Yeah. So get signed and and start playing. Actually get to go to 
big league camp in 1998, the next year after they win the World Series, the Marlins win the World Series in 97. Oh, wow. With all those guys, you know, Sheffield and Leiter, Kevin Brown, and Bobby Bonilla, like all those guys win the World Series. So the next year I get to go to big league spring training with those guys. You are finally like playing ba- like around baseball like, that you know, always want. Kansas wanted. college kids are pretty good to like being with the World Series champions, like some of the best baseball players in the world just four or five months later wow you know it's and so that was that was fun and then they started that was when the marlins started kind of fire sailing yeah they sold everybody they sold everybody and traded everybody off and then they had all these young guys come in that ended up winning it later with josh beckett and Mm -hmm. aj burnett and mark kotze and just all the young guys that started coming up so they i mean darren dalton was on that team you know the marlins team and they just started to kind of trade those guys and fire sell those guys a little bit and try to rebuild so yeah, then from there, you know, you're just kind of trying to grind through the minor leagues and make it. And So explain, I mean, most people probably don't know what that even means. Like, what is what is being in the you just got drafted in the first round. So why aren't yeah. you why aren't you pitching aren't in, you in, in a major in the major leagues? Team. How does it work? How does that work for major league baseball? Well, so then there's most teams nowadays have about six levels of minor league baseball. Jeez. From rookie ball to short season A ball to regular season A ball to high A Double A, Triple A, and then the big leagues. Um, so where where did they sit you at? Most college guys start at short season A. So rookie ball is kind of a lot of your high school kids or maybe foreign kids that come over right at seventeen. Your short season A ball is more of your college guys that might be a couple years older, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Um, so that's where I started, and then and that's just kind of a short season because you just got drafted. But most of those guys that were in spring training started in April, right? I mean. But the draft's not till June. So you kind of finish out the season, rest of June, July, August. You're kind of done that first year. Then the next year is kind of your first true full year. And just started out in regular season A-ball. And that's kind of, if you were on track or on path, a lot of times you're going to go A-ball. Like sometimes go to double A, triple A, and then the big leagues. A lot of times it's still a three- or four-year plan. Right. Um some of your superstar superstars, Bryce Harper, I mean. Right, go right into A-Rod it. A-Rod back in the day. like they're, Griffey. They, they get at Griffey, Dave Winfield. Like some of those guys didn't play a lot in the minor leagues. But there's still kind of an adjustment period to the professional game, no matter how good yeah. you are. How long was your contract when you signed? Well, once you sign in the minor leagues, they have your rights for six years in the minor leagues. Okay. Unless you make it to the big leagues early. And then there's, there's really – some different rules for mm-hmm. your 40 man and big league guys than your minor league guys. So I'd start off, you know, in that first season of Kane County in 98, that was right outside of Chicago in the a ball league and really was just kind of average. That's when I started having some elbow issues. Um, and so I was, I was just kind of average. I started to lose a little velocity and just kind of grinded through that year. Went and saw the doctor once, had him check out my elbow and they're like, that's, ah, gonna be okay I just keep working through it so next year is this before tommy john surgery or yeah yeah okay so well that that first fall let me back up that that first fall after the short season season i went and had my elbow scoped so they, there were some loose bone loose bodies they call it in there so they just cleaned those out scoped it that was right before the 98 big league camp i actually had a great big league camp it was more of just kind of an invite because you were the first round pick knowing i was going to be there for three weeks sent back down to minor league camp and then kind of try to start your career Mm -hmm. um but after 
after that season, we go to Kane County, Chicago. My first three or four starts, it's about 25 degrees and raining. I mean, you start in Chicago in Yikes. April. Yikes. Like, just probably not. That probably didn't help <laughs> some of the elbow <laughs> issues. Like, the weather does kind of help. When it's, when it's warm, usually your arm feels better than trying to pitch when it's 20 degrees outside. Yeah. What's your mentality, though? What's your mentality that now you're there? Even there. How do you speak to yourself, or what, what were those conversations like? Well, the mindset still overall was like, all right, you're trying to make it to the big leagues. Listen to these guys. Work as hard as you can, and you have the talent to get there. Like, my brain always said, I have the talent to get there, and obviously being a first-round pick, somebody else thought that as well. Um, so the goal was to, if you can stay healthy and and work hard and do the things you need to do, like it should be like a smooth track, right? Right. And I think the one thing that drilled me more than anything was probably just the elbow over time. Like it just got a little worse, got a little worse. And I didn't have Tommy John surgery till my third year, but I'd kind of just stuttered and sputtered those first couple of years where I just wasn't on that track that I needed to be on. And after Tommy John surgery, I just didn't come back like some people do. I didn't come back with the same velocity, the same feel. So breaking balls weren't as sharp. And I started to see where like other guys are starting to pass you up. And your stuff is like, man, like it's not quite yeah. at the level it needs to be at to pitch in the big leagues. So then those thoughts start to creep in. You start to doubt yourself a little bit. And and it gets gets a little bit tough. So it's it's a grind for sure. Was that was that hard for you to to watch other guys get go past you? It's it's it is because you wanted it so bad, just like right. they did. Like you don't feel bad for those guys, right? You wish them well. But it is a weird dynamic in the minor leagues, professional baseball. Like you're all trying to get to that spot, and you're knowing that only a few of you are really going to be able to. Like not yeah. every guy in A ball and high A and double and triple A is going to play in the big leagues. There's not enough. There's not enough spots. Yep. You know. So I got kind of a weird question for you. So yeah. obviously, growing up, um, I know your, your parents in high school probably at every single game you ever pitched, right? Um, I wouldn't. No, they came a decent amount. Okay, but they were not those type of parents. Okay, they were like they were okay with me riding with three other guys at the game and go play. Okay, they had to work. You know. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't yeah. know if they were there all the time. And then once you went to college, obviously they would be there less frequently. And then now. Yeah. I didn't know if it would be when you get to this spot, and especially when maybe things starting to slip because of velocity and different things like that. Now you get done with the game, and like no one, none of your support crew is there. I didn't know if that made it more difficult. Um, not really. No, it's hard to say, right? It's, yeah. it's hard to say. Like we usually, you're always rooming or living with a couple other guys, and you saw other guys go through some of the same stuff, or arm injuries, or have yeah. shoulder surgery, elbow surgery, or you know, even maybe an ankle slid into a bag wrong, and so. You, at every level, there's a couple guys oh, that yeah. are trying to battle some injuries and come back. And so you're kind of – it's like those are your, kind of your brotherhood, that your support group. Yeah. It was hard to call home and have that conversation. Yeah. Like I probably, as being a, a young guy full of testosterone, I wasn't going to call home and be like, ah, I don't, I'm kind of depressed or I kind of don't know yeah. if I'm going to make this. Like you just – I think you always tried to block that kind of stuff yeah. out. Mm -hmm. um, it was hard when I finally got done – playing and finally knew like that's it the hard part was like now what do i do how long of that you know how I mean? long was that after the the surgery um so after after the surgery i had um tried to come back tried to come back 
Ended up getting released, which is pretty much like, hey, you're fired. We don't think you can make it to the big leagues with us. And then I went and played a couple of years of independent baseball, trying to come back, trying to see if, well, maybe if I just give it some more time and try to get it stronger. Um, so that was two years. I did that for two years. And after that second year, you just I just kind of realized, like, I'm getting older now. They're, I mean, they're drafting a new set of 17, 18, 19-year-olds every year, every year, every year. And for right. you to get back into that mix – you're really going to have to do something pretty special or really regain all that velocity back. And I just didn't. So that was the point where now it's like, okay, what do I do now? So when did you, you meet, know? when did you meet your wife, Tracy? That was in North Carolina when I was coaching. Okay. So, so, yeah, so that's that after, ba- after baseball, after baseball. So after, after baseball, I ended up, um, during a little bit of time in Florida, I was helping one of the local junior colleges out. Um, just with coaching, and they were letting me help work out there while I was trying to stay in shape in the off season. And one of their assistant coaches had taken an assistant coach job in North Carolina. And when I got done playing, he he talked to the head coach and asked if they could bring me on as their pitching coach. So that kind of worked out great. So I went straight from there to North Carolina, Mount Olive College um, in Mount Olive, North Carolina, and stayed there for six years. That was from like '03 to. 08, 09. Okay. We actually won the Division Two World Series in 08. So Championships seem drafted. to follow you. I don't You're know. Kind of a winner, bro. Like, it's hard not to be. He's I mean, I, to, I would have probably put you in the big leagues pretty, pretty darn quick. <laughs> yeah, so so did that for 10 years. But that's where I met Tracy, met my wife. Um, and she was from Kentucky. And I just got to a point. The reason what brought me back to Manhattan was um, – well, we, Tracy allowed you to come back to Manhattan. Thank allow, you, Tracy, allow for allowing Aaron to come home. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> I know that's not easy, probably. Yeah. She's the one that's far away from her family. Right. We got to be here. So right. Great. But I think she understands it's a great place to raise kids and yeah. cool community, man. So Sure. Um, yeah. So I got to a point where I hadn't done anything else in my life that didn't involve baseball. I hadn't got a paycheck in my life that didn't involve baseball. Yep. Like I used to umpire when I was a kid, besides maybe mowing some lawns, right? I umpired and then played, played in college, played professionally, and then coached for a while. Everything I had done was baseball, and I, there was a point in time I just got a little burnout. And so I kind of got into the fitness side of things. I'd always worked out and stayed in shape. And even when I was done playing, like that was just fun, kind of a goal. Like, hey, let's just stay healthy and stay in shape. Yep. So I kind of got into the fitness side, and that's kind of what, ultimately brought me back here um and now what do i do i help run a gym and i help coach baseball yeah kind of the two things that i know about right <laughs> a, a decent amount about that's kind of what i do so yeah uh and yeah so just so for people to know aaron is a a coach with um helping people get fit at maximum performance so please feel free to go to your some local gyms during this covid time because Man, I think that's one. That's the next one that I'm, I'm worried about economically. He, he coaches you, right? He 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 tries to coach me. I, unfortunately, I'm not coachable because I'm not able to do anything he tells me to do. So have you gotten? Derek, we have a lot of fun. Have you gotten Derek doing those butter, butterfly pull-ups yet? He's close. I can do butterfly he can do pull-ups. Butterfly. He it's do more of the it's more of the muscle ups that is is the next goal yeah. that that someday maybe. It's hard I'll, to stay consistent to with that stuff. That's yeah, just yeah. hard, man. It's hard. <laughs> uh, who, so some cool stories. Who Who is the, the best hitter you ever pitched against? Um, 
Lance Berkman was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a lot. I mean, there's guys that you that I could tell you that nobody's would even heard of if you weren't kind of in the baseball circles of guys that were unbelievable. Um, Who did you hate to pitch against? Um, you know, overall, really the guys like um, David Eckstein, David Pedroia type guys. I never faced those two guys, but the guys that were on the plate never ever struck out. Might have 10, 12, 15 pitch at bats. Always put a ball and play hard. Like those were those guys are harder mentally to pitch to, right? Than a guy that, yeah, you might swing and miss and strike out, and he might hit a ball five hundred feet off of you. But those are the things you can deal with a little bit. Those guys that just grind grinded at yeah. bats every time were those were hard mentally, man. Like those are hard to get through, for sure. Um, Matt LaCroix in the minor leagues, I do remember he played in the big leagues a little bit for the Twins as a catcher. Um, hit two home runs in a row off of me. <laughs> in um, the same game? In the same game. Like uh, like back, like, like almost back-to-back innings, I guess, like, maybe an inning apart. Yeah, like the next time he came up. <laughs> the first time, I think, just try to throw a fastball away early in the count, and he pulls it like 400 feet. So the next at bat, I'm like, well, I'm going to do something different. Maybe I'll start him off with a curveball. He takes it, and I'm like, I do not want to throw him a 1-0 fastball, so I'm going to throw him another curveball, and then he hits that one about 400 feet. Jeez. Um, <laughs> did, he, did he bat flip against you? <laughs> no, he was no, he a good guy. <laughs> so the next at bat, I'm like, I'm just going to throw the ball hard in, and I like if I hit him or walk him, fine. So I throw the first three, and they're in off the plate six or eight inches. It's 3-0. Each time he kind of backed up off the plate, he kind of knew what was going on. So the next <laughs> one I throw in there, it's not even close to a strike, and he rips it foul into like just into the stands now it's three one so i throw another one in there i still haven't thrown a strike he swings and hits that one foul so i'm like i'm gonna do it again i'm just gonna keep throwing in there he i'm either gonna walk him or he can try to get himself i throw another one in there he rips it foul again i've now thrown him six pitches and now we're not even playing over the plate (laughs) he is in the back of the box and he knows i'm just kind of throwing it in on his hands like two more so why doesn't he take the walk is he just like is it pride like yeah he was like i can hit anything you throw (laughs) and he pretty much was doing it and and finally like eight pitches later i throw him a change up down in a way that he swings at i finally got him to just chase that pitch and he just looked at me and stared all the way back to the dugout didn't say anything but it was kind of that look of I was going to do whatever I could to hit another home run off of him. Wow. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, because how often do you get you hit, hit three, three home runs off of a guy? Yeah. Or in a game. Exactly. Like, how is this guy still in a game? That <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so I got I got my pitching question for you. And, yeah. and people who watch baseball or no, or no baseball kind of know some of the stuff that's going on. So, let's just say you are a starting pitcher right now in the major leagues. Yep. Yeah. And you're facing Houston Astros. Yeah. Uh, and they took a World Series away from you because yeah. they cheated. Well, you can just say you're the Dodgers. Say, 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 say I'm on the Dodgers. Yeah, say I'm on the Dodgers. What, how does Aaron Aiken pitch the— What's uh, the appropriate yeah. etiquette for Aaron Aiken at this point? Well, professionally— <laughs> I don't, You don't have to say it. If you, you, try to to find, fifth, you, you try to find the best spot that doesn't hurt your team. Yeah. To be able to send a message doesn't mean you hit somebody. Doesn't right. mean you do not. Does it? It would depend kind of on the situation. Would you throw throw uh, behind him maybe, and then maybe strike a guy out and mouth off at him? You uh, know, you know, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would. That would be acceptable in my opinion. You have an eight game suspension though. That's crazy to me. That's yeah. crazy to me. Like none of the, none of the Astros. It. None of the Astros got suspended for cheating. Like it's not that big a deal. And one guy who didn't even hit a guy, he did throw he, behind him. He did throw behind him. Yeah. And. 
but doesn't even hit anybody. And there's Did just you, a little mouth. You know what the funniest thing about that whole thing was? <laughs> was that I was listening, I, I watched the clip, and the announcers go, and we have the benches clearing, and they're they're all chatting with each other. We're going to try to maintain social distance here while we get this thing figured out. And yeah, I'm right. like, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. We're going to maintain social distance while we get this figured out? No. <laughs> I think that's why probably his suspension was a little longer. Maybe. Was because they're so worried about the safety aspect of it now. That makes sense. That, yeah, that's well, cause, right. Because Dave Roberts got suspended for a game because players left the bench. Like, that's never happened before. No. I mean, that's like no. a new rule they've put in there. Two, but I think eight games is way too many. Well, it's, it's more than 10% in a 60 of games. Yeah, yeah, it's a 60 game season. Yeah, I think that's nutty. So, for a pitcher, when they say eight games, like that's what? Is that two starts maybe? Yeah, for, but for him, he's a reliever. So that oh, might yeah, be, that's no, that's that true. That might be like yeah. four appearances, really. That's true. I yeah, mean, I didn't think about that part. That could yeah. be three or four appearances for him. He's kind of a short yeah. reliever, seven, eighth inning guy. Um, so, that's a, that's a lot for a pitcher, man. Yeah. That's a lot. So I think you're going to see a little more this summer, especially as some other teams start to maybe fall out of the race and they know they're not in it. Oh, the Astros are going to hear it. They're sure. going to hear it the whole year, man. Those guys, baseball guys are like like elephants. They they got long memories, like long memories. <laughs> like they'll remember stuff like that for a long time. So, so I mean, so the next chapter was, uh, was really helping people get fit. Yeah. Joining this gym, uh, becoming, you know, someone who's trying to motivate some other people besides yourself yeah uh you know what it, it was crossfit always just kind of the, the thing that sparked that or um i got into that honestly right before i came back in north carolina it started to get big and and for me like personally it was it was the next thing i could do to stay fit but there was a sense of there was something to build into it with. It was a little bit competitive. Yeah. Um, when it first started, I did kind of like the, like the grassroots garage style. We're just working hard and mm-hmm. kind of having fun. Um, so I, it was really something that I just kind of enjoyed, fitness wise. Because I'd work. I mean, you train forever as an athlete. You're always working out and training, and it was just kind of a a new style. And there were some things that are a little more difficult that we hadn't done as athletes. So that challenge to me was just kind of fun, and it's been easy to stick with that style of working out, of just having it constantly varied, right? Uh huh. Functional fitness things that all our bodies can do, and with a little bit of high intensity, like those things just kind of fell in line with what I enjoyed. And so yeah. it's been easy to stay in shape doing that because it's it's really to me it's enjoyable, like it's fun to do those things. But then how did you? So how did you pick up? You know ollie lifting and and all those other techniques that have nothing to do with baseball and uh i mean ha- i mean it took it took a little while like i mean it when i first started some of the crossfit so i could barely overhead squat the bar because i hadn't done it before and mm-hmm. i didn't quite have that mobility and i couldn't do a handstand push-up as you know as a baseball guy you don't do a ton of overhead strong lifting at all so that that took a while there were things when i started crossfit i was not good at and then that kind of fueled the challenge of like like I got to get better at this. Like mm-hmm. yeah. this guy can do this. This guy can do this. This this girl can do this. This grandma can do this, and I can't. So it was like I got to, I got to get a little bit better at. It. So it fueled kind of just that fire to do something I wasn't good at, but it was still physical. So I felt like I could get good at it. Yeah. So, but, and you are good at it. I'm better at it, but yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. It's like one of those things you can never, never conquer, right? Like it's yeah. You just yeah. kind of keep battling. Oh yeah. There's always someone somewhere. 
that's that's got a stupid time on a stupid workout. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah, it's yeah. Just the way it is. Same thing for running. I'm yeah, sure there, it well, is. Well, I've, I've done a couple of stints of CrossFit that I actually really enjoyed, just because, like what you were saying, is there's that little bit of that competitiveness, yeah. and so that's kind of fun to do that. But I will say the two different stints were very different. One of them, I was I was hammering pretty hard. I loved it. Saw results. But I also got all these little nagging injuries. The yeah. second stint, backed it off a little bit, only did four days a week instead of six days a week, yeah. wasn't trying to push a lot of weight, and actually was a, probably even more enjoyable because I wasn't yeah. hurt. Yeah, you felt better. Right? <laughs> yeah, I felt, felt way better. better so. Felt better. Yeah, Aaron, how do you fight that, you know, th- that constant rebuke of if you do CrossFit, you're just going to get injured? Like it's such a stupid thing to do. Dude, there's stuff like that through everything yeah you but have to cut through the crap but the stuff. the the narrative for crossfit i feel for anybody who doesn't do it and maybe for people that have tried it uh is hey you're just gonna get hurt it it, it is the it's the battle like you are battling that psyche with people um for me personally i say just just come in and do it with me for a little while yeah and we'll see what happens you know what i mean we're start, yeah. start at the basics and we move at your level and the, the people that end up i mean honestly tweaking stuff more often are guys like us that want to yeah. push that envelope yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. 95% of us shouldn't be doing that. No. We should just be trying to move well and stay fit. And But and there is but there is a pers- uh, perception that there's bad coaches out there. Oh, that, there is. That, there. That, that just, perception there. There are. Yeah, there are. There that just throw bars and people's and say, hey, snatch this and then there overhead squat. In, and yeah. I mean, there is in everything, right? I mean, yeah, for sure. There's somewhere there's the world's worst doctor, there's a per- worst there, baseball coach, and there's a perception that there's coach. bad real estate agents. No, <laughs> we're all bad. There's not a good one out there. <laughs> yeah, so you just gotta get with somebody that that you trust, and and if it's something that you're wanting to try to do, and and you just start slow. Like it should be a lifetime thing. Like fitness and health should be a lifetime thing, right? I think we can all agree on that. Hundred percent. I mean, it 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 should be. You got to find something that you like. Number one. Something that you can stick with and be consistent. Well, yeah, I mean that, and that's a that's a good segue with like the Corona and everything going on. That you don't really hear much of the talk about. Well, if you get it, you know, go to a doctor. But there also seems to be a, an aspect of if you're not fit right now, you're you're kind of you could be in the danger zone. Yeah. If you are out of shape, overweight, um, you know, that's I don't what? I don't want to fat shame anybody. But I think the the bottom line is there's there's something that you have to look into yourself at some point in the mirror, and maybe people do, but it has to motivate you enough to go, am I in the danger zone for this this thing that I can't control? Wait, you're yeah. saying people need to take personal responsibility? No, Ben, <laughs> that's too easy. I want Aaron. I got you. Just pay Aaron money, and he makes you fit. Yeah, that's 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 what I want. No, I think that hasn't been said enough. I think that people there's a lot you can do for yourself to take, take your take safe bath stuff, man. Yeah. yeah, take care of your immune system, take care of your body, take care of your health. Like what you put in your body, sleep, eat, and work out. That's it, man. I think so. I mean, it's hard. It's it's. I think what's hard now is, um, just overall socially. There's now there's enough fear of people wanting to go somewhere that. That that some of those gyms are struggling, and in the in the overall big thing, people think of a gym like in a great big city where there's you know five thousand members and there's eight hundred people in a gym running around. Like, right? Most of the gyms, and especially the ones around here, 
Like, that's just not the case. Like, nope. we're totally, totally safe. Everything's been great. We've been open since May 18th, and yep. everything's been great. And we have, we have probably 80 to 120 people that come through the door in a given day, which over a case of 13, 14 hours isn't that many people. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so I, I think people should be getting back into it right now and starting to take care of their health. And if something like this doesn't force you to at least think about it, then who knows if you ever will really no. you know yeah who knows but i would hope more people would take their health just a little bit seriously and as well i mean i think one of the things that people need to understand is it's not going to be easy yeah <laughs> you're going to yeah. have to work a little bit at it i mean it's like isn't that why the p90x videos when they came out everybody loved them and everybody got on them why because it was a formula of like this is going to be really hard and everybody was like finally not six minute abs, you know, not not yeah, not not something gimmicky to to help me fix my problems. It's like I want I want a seven day a week schedule for four, for three months of something really hard. And and everybody did it. Yeah. Everybody did. The shake weight, I I've used that. That was <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can run so fast. Well yeah, the that's shake weight. <laughs> no, it's, that's not why I run fast, but that's why my guns look good while I run. Heck while yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it's I I uh, I think there's a lot to it. You just you gotta get out there and you gotta work hard. And actually and just like anything, and I've talked to you about this, it's usually like once you can push through that first two or three weeks yep. or something, then oh, all of a sudden you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. You know, it's like only time you go run when you're first doing it and you've never done it. Yeah, it's going to suck. Yeah, I mean, I've been running good. my entire life, and right now I'm battling a little knee thing and haven't been running, honestly, very much. I guarantee you here when I fire back up on August 1st, it's not going to feel great at first. No, it's not. Right. But, you know, once I go do it for a couple of weeks and stay consistent, that's the other part is people are like, well, I'll just do it three days a week. Well, yeah, that's not bad. That's good. And if you can just do it three days a week, that's better than nothing. But, like, some people come in they're like, well, I'm just not really feeling like it. I'm like, how much are you running? Well, I'm running two days this week and three days that week. And oh. that's not consistent enough if you really want to. And I, I would also add to that, like why CrossFit I think blew up is because you, then you're working out with a the community. There's I something hope. to say about having someone next to you that is doing the same thing you're doing. They might be doing it slower, they might be doing it faster, but there's there's a, a psychology I found where I just want to go to the gym because I want to work out with these people. Sure. And yeah. and the workout is easier when it's with i know you run a lot by yourself but no but that's actually one of the reasons i love crossfit as well is because i was getting up at 5 a.m had a class at 5 30 i knew that there was going to be at least minimum of four other people and sometimes six or seven other people that you know we were in there and shooting the breeze for an hour while we were working out but still getting a good workout on and that's i i'm a my wife will not deny this for a second. I'm a very social person. I yep. like to talk to people. I like to be around people. Like I've gone – one of my things I, you guys have both been a part of independently is a group of guys that goes out to Colorado and we go hiking and do stuff like that. I love yep. that. Love to get to know people better and mm-hmm. um, it's just – it's a blast. Yeah. So. I think if you can find a group of people to do something physical, athletic, you know, training-wise with, you're going to stick with it a whole lot longer. Yeah. A whole lot longer. I really do. So you just got to find that place, find that niche, find that group, and, and go do it for yeah. sure. And fail forward, I think, is also something else that I think about. Is and do what? Fail forward. Fail forward. Yeah. The the idea of, you know, just because I had a bad workout today or um, I haven't been 
in the gym in two weeks. How do I get back in there? Well, I'm going to fail today by going to the gym and not doing a great workout like I used to, but I'm going to be at the gym. You should put that on a t-shirt. Well, the, the saying that me and my, my buddies say when we're, when we're crossfitting sometimes, the, the older guys, we say, no one else is doing this. So that's kind of our mantra. It's like we're doing something stupid. Like we just got done with a uh, a hard workout, and we just look at each other. And we're like, no one else is doing this. Yeah, but that's a lie. It is a but lie. Fail, but we fail, but we believe it's fail, true. Fail forward is not a lie. That's actually a good. That's that's a good. Yeah, failure is only if you quit. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Right, and even if it's two months off, and you have to go back to the gym and look at Aaron in the eye and go, "I'm back. <laughs> Give me something to do. Let's go. Let's go to work. Let's go to work." Um, well, cool, Aaron. Hey, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for being back in Manhattan and, you know, helping all the people try to get fitter, helping the youth also try to uh, enjoy the game of baseball. I think that's that's really important. It's fun. They got to give back, right? You got to do, do some things you're good at, but try to give back. Your, yeah. kids, your kids play baseball? I don't. They don't. My youngest no. one, my youngest one will, but he was just a t-baller last year, so, oh, okay. so we'll get going. My other two just... Don't enjoy the game, man. Don't enjoy it. So, which is okay with me. You know, yeah, that's like fine. they're gonna they're let them find like, their own path. They're gonna like different things. So, yeah. totally okay. Totally okay. Do they even how what, are you, what how old your oldest? Thirteen. He'll be an eighth grader. So does he does he know that dad was a first round draft pick? Yeah, I mean they know. Does he understand what that, that means? Dad was a baseball guy, but I don't know if they yeah. truly know. Aaron Aiken has a baseball you know, card, which is probably good. Yeah, like. They just know I played baseball. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they really know what that means. Like, oh, yeah, I played baseball. So, yeah, he's my he's my smart kid, man. Like, he can draw. He's an artist. Like, things that I could never do. Like, he'll do stuff. And I'll be like, oh, man, I, I couldn't even draw a stick figure right now. So, like, it's kind of fun. He's going to probably introduce me to a lot of cool stuff as he gets older yeah. that, that I know nothing about. So, it should be good. That's cool. Yeah. Sweet. I think I think that's it. Yeah. Hey, got I, it, man. I appreciate it, man. That was my first podcast. Ever? Wow. It was a good one. I, yeah, I think so. You've listened to him, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I had to look it up before just, when Derek Hey, just me. you're failing forward today. <laughs> I, failed, I failed forward. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's. Uh, we're going to cut it off right there. Thanks for listening to this podcast. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we don't take another six weeks to, to get another one done. Go get signed up, Max Performance, and work out with Aaron. Yeah. Yes, Come it's easy out. to get in shape with Aaron. And Come also, let's <laughs> let's. There's uh, some races coming up. We got a Bill Half Marathon going on. September seventh. It's yeah. still it's it's still on. We're right. still doing it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. And uh, just just do just try it. Just do it. Just try it. Just try. It. No, just try it for in. Yeah, but they changed it to duathlon, so that's just do it now. It's just do it. Okay, so it's duathlon, and that's coming up on August eighth. August eighth, you can sign up through the Manhattan Running Company, mm-hmm. um, Manhattan Parks and Rec. Okay. Yep. yep. Cool. Get outside. Be run, healthy. Run, bike, run. Fail forward. Fail, Fail forward. forward, guys. All right. Peace. We're out of here. Yeah.